Hello, Luminous Warriors. This is Natalie Griffin coming at you live from the Naughty Shaman Recording Studios, which again is my favorite chair in my favorite room. And I am so happy to be talking with you today, tonight, whatever moment you find yourself listening. I'm so grateful for that. It keeps me inspired and I love your comments and suggestions. So keep them coming. You can make suggestions or ask questions and send me an email right to me at natalie at naughtyshaman.com. It's so awesome to hear from you. All right. So today I'm going to share with you what has been on my mind. And I have had so many beautiful clients lately, and so many of them have been wrestling with really difficult situations of betrayal, of loss, of of, uh, backstabbing situations in which they're finding it difficult to forgive. And forgiveness is a topic near and dear to my heart because I remember learning about it, and it was like learning a foreign language. Not so much on how to forgive others for me, but and how to forgive myself. That was a revelation. And so tonight, what I'd like to talk with you about is some strategies that I've seen work over the years with clients and with myself, certainly, about how to truly process um, an experience into the place of forgiveness for others. When you're feeling betrayed or when a situation has occurred that was not fair, how can you forgive and truly let go? And then also we'll take a look at how can you truly forgive yourself and come back to a place of love. So let's start a little bit with um, what forgiveness is about. A lot of people are resistant to forgiving because the things that they perceive done to them are so bad that it feels like forgiving them would be giving them a pass. So I want to make it clear that when we choose to forgive, it's not that forgiveness is condoning bad behavior or a need to reconcile the relationship. It doesn't mean you have to go to be best friends because you forgive someone. It doesn't mean you have to go live with them again or be with them again. We seek forgiveness so that we can have peace and understanding and wisdom. This is the practice of that because when we forgive, we free up a lot of our energy, a lot of our mental energy, a lot of our emotional energy. And instead of examining the wrongs done to us in the past, We get to use that freed up energy to create the future. So forgiveness is a very practical skill if you want to have more vitality for creating the life that you want. Um, I'd rather be putting my energy into that than looking in the rearview mirror, beating someone else up, plotting revenge, or beating myself up. So it's a shift from looking in the rearview mirror to looking out the windshield of life and having hope and ambition again. So I have a client that I've been working with, and it just perfectly mapped this process out. Um, But her situation was that she was in a marriage, a long-term marriage, and um, over the years had been noticing some habits of unfaithfulness and had just kind of come to the end of it. She thought it was reconciled. There were promises. They were broken. There were more promises. They were broken. And It was years and years in this until she finally ended up, um, they ended up parting ways. But how the story began and the process that we worked through is so very clear um, in terms of the illustration of what I see as a real forgiveness process. Because I've heard phrases and I use phrases like instant forgiveness. And what I find is that no matter how much I hope that happens, it usually doesn't happen instantaneously. It is a process. And what can happen if you expect it 
to be, you know, like they say on Oprah, you know, instant forgiveness, it happens automatically. If we don't forgive automatically, then we can use that information to beat ourselves up and make ourselves feel even worse. So what I find is that to set the expectation that really to come to peace, understanding, and wisdom from a painful situation, especially those painful situations that hit those old wounds around, I'm not enough, or um, life isn't fair, these really old wounds that we carry, and they can take time to heal. And that's okay. The more you practice these practices, the more instantaneous the process of forgiveness can become. It can, you can process through it in a day or two. Um, and so that, that feels really a lot better, but it does take practice and it does take time. So where we began with this client, you know, she was like, I just, I need to forgive him and I need to move on. And so, you know, I'm using these positive mantras and I forgive him. And at least we got these two kids out of it. And it's so great. And I, it's okay. And I forgive him. But anytime the conversation lasted longer than five minutes, there was a tremendous amount of anger and resentment in her storytelling. And so I knew that there was still a lot of energy around this pain of betrayal And the forgiveness process wasn't truly done because one of the ways we know that the forgiveness process is done is that we no longer have the emotional hook. We can think about that person or see their face on Instagram and and not have that feeling in our stomach or the need to avert our eyes or want to punch them in the face or whatever the emotion is, uh, the deep despair, the grief, the emotional hooks leave once we truly process the situation. And that is what gives us the freedom to move into the future. So where we began and where she was resistant is where most clients are resistant is for a lot of people, the first step in forgiving is to get mad, to really get like, you know, spit throwing angry and understand what all of the emotions are around the situation and unpack everything about it that seemed not okay. So step one is to really know how you feel about the situation. And that, like, know how you feel as if no one was watching, as if you didn't have to be spiritually correct, as if you didn't have to get it right, to just be a raw, messy human and and spit it all out with a coach or a trusted confidant who carries wisdom and look at all of the pieces of the situation and why it was not okay. In situations of abuse, neglect, um, in situations of betrayal, of, of heartache, this can be a difficult process that many people want to avoid. But there is something really valuable in spending a moment, not a lifetime, but a moment truly understanding what happened and why it hurt. And that will conjure up some feelings and moods and emotions. And we want to be able to see them because we cannot begin to shift what we cannot observe. And so we have to observe it for a moment. That's step one. So in her case, she started to talk about just how absolutely angry and sick and tired and sick of everyone expecting her to just put a smile on her face and be perfect and and take it because she made her bed and now she has to lie in it. And she was so angry about all this and she got a chance to get all that out. She got a chance to take a look at all of her fear about what would happen to the children, what would happen to their bank account, what would happen to their life if they decided to part ways, and what would happen to her if she decided to stay. And there were so many complications around the entire situation, so many complex emotions, that she needed a couple of coaching sessions to really unpack that and take a look at it. 
So this is the phrase, step one is the phase that I also love to call like, he's the jerk or everyone else is the jerk or she's the jerk. This is where the other person is is the absolute jerk. And this is an important phase of the process. It helps us unpack. When we project it out like that for a moment with a trusted, wise friend, then we can see all of the pieces that are difficult to see. The next phase is what I call, I'm the jerk. So then the second phase is to know what your contributions are to the situation. So after we know how we feel about the situation and all the raw emotion around it, then step two is to know how did we contribute to this situation? Maybe we weren't the, weren't the one in her case that did the cheating, but maybe we were the one that, that noticed something off in the relationship and chose not to bring it into a conversation. Maybe we were the one who turned a blind eye. Maybe we were the one who left the relationship emotionally because we were unhappy with our lives. Maybe there was some small contribution that we made. This isn't about placing blame. This is about a deeper understanding of our places where we need to grow and learn. And every situation has this available in it. And especially these situations where we're really in pain. So there's always a part where the other person plays. And sometimes there's a small part that we play as well. And so that is step two. So we go from he's the jerk to I'm the jerk to sometimes people even go to like the institution of marriage is a jerk. The world is a jerk. Politics is a jerk. Like we go, we want to blame the blame on somewhere And the act of forgiveness really starts to happen in earnest with step three, which is where we come into acceptance of what happened. It happened. Maybe it wasn't what we wanted to happen, but it happened. And there's no silver lining on it right now. There's no glitter and fairies and rainbows on it right now. It just is what it is, and it was what it was, and that's it. Clear, simple. And we come into a place of acceptance that mood in itself gets us out of the place of resentment and anger and and vengeance to come into a deep breath of, okay, this is what it was. And that's all, is where we really begin to turn the tides in that step three. And this is the phase that I like to call, you know what, no one is the jerk. There is no jerk here. And this is very important. It's where we begin to access some of the deep and compassionate wisdom in our bones that we are in school here. And it's possible that everyone is doing the best that they can. No one wakes up in the morning and thinks, well, I'm going to be a real ass today. And I'm going to totally do things that mess up so-and-so's life. Nobody wakes up with those intentions except for sociopaths. So I guess there are probably a few people out there like that. But most of us are carrying wounds around that other people have no idea what they are. And some people to just get through the day, rely on behaviors that have an impact on those around them. And that's it. And that's all. And we do it too. And so when we come into that place of acceptance, we understand that it is what it is and it was what it was. And that's all. After that phase, there's usually a huge energetic release. And then we can move into step four, which is really about what can I thank them for What were the lessons? What were the feelings that they gave me? And, you know, in our conversations, um, we learned that she was so grateful and thankful for not only the children, which, of course, that was sort of an obvious one that people go to, but on a deeper level, she felt cared for most of the time in her marriage. And that place of being cared for was so important to her because it was the first time she had ever felt that way. 
She also had a real deep gratitude eventually for the love, for the kindness, for the care financially that she received and that she was so grateful that she got to spend time with the kids when they were small and didn't have to work. So there were some real points of gratitude um, for this other person who was in the situation of betrayal. There were other lessons that she learned too, is when she examined what was her contribution to it, it, it was that she had fallen in love with the promise of who he would become and not who he was. And when she shined a light so bravely on her small part to this terrible situation, then she kind of made a vow to herself to really not take that mistake into future relationships of friendships or any kind of relationships, but to really see what is right in front of her. And so she was so grateful for those lessons, truly, truly grateful. Once gratitude starts to grab a hold of us, then we can elevate that mood into something even, even deeper, which is this place of forgiveness, of appreciating that they were a part of the journey of our lives. So she came into a true appreciation for how the situation had opened her eyes, taken her from being a naive, starstruck girl with hopes and dreams in the future to a wiser woman with hopes and dreams for a different future. And so it was really, a, an, I can't describe it other than it's an even deeper gratitude for the appreciation that had that person not done the behavior that hurt us, they would not be the person they are now. And from this place, some people even venture into the place of feelings of love. Not, hey, let's get remarried love necessarily, but hey, on the cosmic level, I'm so grateful this person was a part of my life and I love them as a brother, a sister here on the planet. And from this place, usually there are no emotional hooks left in us. When we see their face, we're like, wow, grateful, grateful, grateful. And that's how you know it is done. Now, in my experience, I would like to say you go through these steps once and it's done. And sometimes that is the case. Sometimes you might go through these steps and get a bump of feel-good peace and understanding and then another wave of the betrayal and the hurt will happen. And then it's time for more healing. Just another round of what is not okay, what is still not okay, what is it, what's happening, how can I thank them, and how can I learn and move on. And so the process can repeat itself. It's like rinse, shampoo, rinse, and repeat. There's as many repeats as you need on that. But at some point when we forgive, we have to make the choice and the declaration to not tell the story that way anymore. There comes a point where we just have to choose to let it go and truly set ourselves free. And that is the magic of forgiveness. Now, forgiving the self is about the same process. And I remember I it was a revelation. I would say it's the exact same five steps, except that there's this unique piece of forgiving yourself. And I'll share with you the story about how I learned how important it was. Because like I said, it was like a revelation to me. My mom was in a nursing home and I had two children under the age of two. And this was all happening. I was trying to run a business in Columbus and it was really kind of my breakdown, my breaking point, one of my rock bottom moments where I was not living my best life and things were unraveling and my stress level was high. And it's ultimately what took me down the path of yoga and shamanism as a means to heal the human soul. So I'm grateful for it in this way. But I remember at the last few weeks of my mom's life, she was deteriorating. And I remember I was so, so frustrated and she 
was asking me to tie her shoes because she wanted to go for a walk, but she couldn't walk because she was in a wheelchair, but she was forgetting that, but she still wanted her shoes and she was starting to get angry and I was starting to get angry and it was a little bit crazy. And I'm like, why do you need your shoes? You're not going for a walk. You're in a wheelchair. You're not getting out of a wheelchair. Why do you need me to tie your shoes? So we got into this crazy argument <clears throat> about the tying of shoes. And I remember tying the knot in her shoe with such anger and such like frustration and rage. And I didn't even know what I was so angry about, but I did not treat her with dignity or respect in that moment. And we had many other moments before she died, but I remember after she died, I hung on to that moment as, as like evidence that I was a horrible person. And I could not forgive myself for it. I, I was really miserable and beating myself up and thought that I deserved nothing good to happen in my life and was doing behaviors and actions that were making me feel even more miserable because it's what I thought I deserved because I was such a bad person in my mindset at the time. And my coach said to me, Natalie, what if you forgive yourself? And I said, I don't know how to do that. And she said, well, you simply do it. And I said, I can't. And she said, well, what would you need? in order to forgive yourself. And I remember racking my brain thinking, how would it even be possible for me to forgive myself? And I came up with the phrase, I need permission. And she said, from who? And I said, maybe God, I need permission to forgive myself for this heinous thing I've done. And she said, what if you give yourself the authority to forgive yourself? That was mind blowing to me. What if I gave myself authority over my own life to be in peace, to live in peace, to let this go, to forgive myself and understand that I was doing the very best I could and that anger in that moment was a much easier emotion to tackle than the terrible grief and sadness of knowing I would be losing her soon. It was amazing to think that, you know, in a belief structure or a cosmology in which the world is divine, including us, then why can't we have the authority to forgive ourselves? So that, for me, was a revelation. And I began to really practice self-forgiveness as one of my favorite practices because I make about a thousand mistakes a day and some of them are really big and some of them are tiny. And still the forgiveness is important so that we can again come to understanding peace and wisdom and use our energy not in rehashing the past, but in building the future. And so the practice of forgiveness is a daily practice for me of how can I forgive? How can I move through, learn, and let go? So really, to forgive, remember that you need to know how you feel about the situation. You can't avoid the yucky feelings. you got to go in the deep end, but not forever, just for a moment. And then you have to know what were your small contributions to the situation, and then the third step is to come into that place of deep acceptance. It happened, and it was what it was, and that's it. And no one, no one is the big fat jerk. Take that storyline out. That will free up a tremendous amount of energy right there. And that energy will then beget this place of gratitude. What can I thank them for? What were the lessons that I learned? What were the feelings and, and coordinates that lit up inside me that I didn't have before my interactions with this other human? And then finally, forgiveness. I appreciate you so much. 
and I'm choosing to let it go. And my friends, is the anatomy of forgiveness. It's one of my favorite practices, one that I practice often because as we go out and into this world, I mean, we can all, and, and I know you're like me, you're committed to growth. And if you're a person committed to growth and that's one of your values, then you're changing all the time. You're taking risks. You're out on the edge, swinging a bat and a ball you've never seen before and trying to make something happen. And when we do that, we sometimes make mistakes and we have to create a culture inside of our own soul that's okay to make mistakes as long as we keep going forward. If we make mistakes and keep looking in the rearview mirror and rehashing all the 97 reasons why we're terrible humans, we will not do what we came here to do on the planet. And we have to stay vibrant. And for me, forgiveness is one of the most important practices to keep my eyes on the prize, to keep me focused on what's coming, on what I'm building, on why I'm here, and what are we going to create next? Because that question excites me. So I hope you have an awesome day. I hope you take time to really work through the process of forgiveness. You'll know you've achieved it when you're no longer triggered by emotion. And I wish you the best. And if you want our support, my support, you can contact us at the center at natalieatnaughtyshaman.com. We are experts in this process because we make a thousand mistakes a day. (laughs) All right, my darlings, have an awesome day. And this is Naughty Shaman signing out, where we like to keep the sacred a little bit wild and totally real.